0: We thank you for your son. God, we ask right now that you would come upon us, God, that we would be uh, straight in our mind, thinking of you, not thinking of any other thoughts that might be weighing us
1: down, but God, focused upon uh, your holiness, your righteousness, and your grace, God, your grace. God, give us a mind to learn, ears to hear. God, that we would love you more and walk more in your path. In Jesus' name, amen. Am
0: I on? Can you hear me? This happens every week. Am I on now? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so we are in First Samuel, and uh, we have missed First Samuel for the last five weeks, and we're going to miss First Samuel again this week. We are uh, back in Genesis chapter 32. Is that too loud, Shannon? So loud. Maybe I should speak lower for Shannon. we will speak lower. All right. We're in Genesis chapter 32. We're in Genesis chapter 32. We have been tracing the life of our good friend Jacob. When we first saw Jacob, uh, he came onto the scene lying to his father. We know that the term Jacob or the name Jacob means deceiver or liar or cheater. That's what the name Jacob means, okay? And he fulfilled his name by lying to his father. He lied to his father because he wanted his dad to bless him. You see, his dad loved his older brother Esau more than him. And so in order to get the blessing of his father... He pretended to be his brother so that he could hear his dad blessing him. Well, when his older brother Esau heard that Jacob had stolen his birthright or his blessing, he decided he was going to kill his brother. And so Rebekah, Jacob's mother, says to him, Hey, uh, I don't want you to die, and you're not going to do well in a conflict with your brother, so what you need to do is run. You got a conflict, you got a problem with somebody, Rebecca's advice to her son is you need to run. So Jacob runs to his uncle Laban. Now Laban has two daughters. We talked about this last week. Leah and Rachel, he has two daughters. Well, Rachel is very beautiful, probably reminds Jacob of his mother. So he says, I want to work for your daughter, Rachel for seven years LeBron says roger that you can have my daughter if you work for seven years well he worked the seven years he went to a wedding party and on his wedding night he was apparently very inebriated and instead of rachel he had leah for his bride that night and so he had to work another seven years for rachel as time went on situation between Laban and Jacob got so terrible that Jacob basically packed his bags and left in haste he's running from Laban as he is running from Laban guess what happens one of Jacob's servants shows up to him and says hey uh your brother Esau is on the way your brother who you've been running away from for years is on the way so now Jacob's between a rock and a hard place. He's running from Laban, and he's running from Esau, and he's in the middle. he you say, wow, why would God do that? Here's why. Because many of us are like Jacob. We're constantly running from problems, constantly running from conflicts, and what this story is showing us is God is saying, I don't care how many times you run, you are going to face your issues. You're going to face them one way or another, voluntarily or involuntarily. Believe me, the last thing that Jacob wanted to see was his brother Esau coming down to meet him, okay? This has been years and years since this whole conflict between him and his brother happened, but he thinks that the the wounds are still fresh. You guys have any family issues that have been broiling for years, Any grudges that you're still holding on to for years? Any secret issues that you don't want to come out that have been embroiling you for years that you're running from? Well, that is what our good friend Jacob is facing. And God is forcing the issue. God is telling Jacob, all right, buddy, time's up. You're going to have to face it. Eventually, all of us are going to have to face the things that we run from. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, the things that you are using to run from your problems become your number one problem. Is that not true? Why are people alcoholics? Why are people drug addicts? They're running. At Cell 53, we don't judge people for being an alcoholic or a drug addict, because what we recognize is that no matter what the thing is, most of us are using something to run. Okay, so one guy uses alcohol, another guy uses relationships. What's the difference? You say, well, alcohol is super destructive. Some of you are in relationships that are super destructive. Is that not true? Some of you would have had better luck with alcohol than with some of the people that you've ended up with. Some of you have been damaged psychologically in horrible, terrible ways through horrible relationships than alcohol ever did. But look, a lot of it had to do with running. You surround yourself with people because silence is too loud. You keep hearing things back and back over in your head over and over again. You keep running. Well, here we are. Uh, Here's a nice uh, Friday evening uh, sentence for you. No matter how much you run, God can outrun you. And no matter who you are, God can situate your life in such a way that you end up face to face with your conflict. So now Jacob is a schemer. He goes, okay, my brother's on the way. I got nowhere I can go. I know what I'm going to do. Jacob is a very rich man by this point. And so what Jacob does is he gets his servants and he breaks them up into groups and he says, I'm going to give a bunch of cattle and sheep and presents and I'm going to send them to my brother in droves and that way maybe he'll not hate my guts and want to kill me. Because remember, the last thing that Jacob heard about his brother was that he was going to murder him. Now, let's see what happens. There is Jacob talking to his Servants in verse 16 of chapter 32. These he handed over to his servants. These are all the gifts that he's going to give to Esau to bribe him so that he doesn't kill him. Every drove by itself and said to his servants, Pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the first, When Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, To whom do you belong and where are you going and whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. So here's the first thing this is how Jacob is going to solve this problem. He's going to bribe his brother. But notice, he doesn't bribe his brother himself, he gets his servants and he says, All right, guys, here's the game plan. You got a chunk of stuff. You got a chunk of stuff. You got a chunk of stuff. You guys go on ahead of me and uh, meet my brother. Now, why, oh, why would he do that? Huh? He runs away from everything. You notice this. Even when Jacob is engaging the conflict, he does it through other people. This is how much of a coward he is currently. Nobody here does that. You don't engage conflicts with people through other people. Don't you realize that's probably one of the number one reasons we gossip about each other? Some of you got legit beefs with with other people. Like, you have serious problems with other people that are legitimate and that you would be right to bring up in a conversation with that person. But you know what you do? You go, oh, okay. I know Catherine. Catherine is going to go and talk to Andrew. So I got a problem with Andrew. So I'm going to do this thing with Catherine. And then she's going to go fight on my behalf. See, this is why we gossip a lot of the times. you got a legitimate issue. Now, you probably have a legitimate issue with me or Kyle or whoever. But instead of addressing it one-on-one, you're going to go through other channels because you're too afraid to deal with the conflict yourself. And by the way, if you're always the person that people are always coming to and then you're the kind of the go-between, stop being that person. You say, why? Well, one, you're not helping that Jacob grow past that immaturity. You're not helping that person. Because what's going to happen when you get out the picture?
1: What's going to happen when you all of a sudden decide you're not going to do that? Then what are they going to do? See, we go
0: and we have these conflicts and we try to engage them through other people, through other sources, because we can't stand to initiate the conflict ourselves. Human relationships are extremely difficult, are they not? You get a lot of things going, especially with family members or close friends who are like family. Is that not true? Look, you know, this happens to us at Planned Parenthood. We're out there and we're out there fighting for the lives of children and the mothers. Okay, And you get random people who say the worst things in the world to you. I promise you. Unless it's something I want to bring to you guys, and the majority of the time I forget about what those people say about me. You know why? I don't know them. They don't know me. I honestly don't care, good or bad. I don't care what they have to say about me. I don't know them. But I'll tell you something. If Brian said something bad about me, that would bug me. Don't say I'm bad about me, man. (laughs) It would bug me. Why? Well, I love him. This is my best friend in the world. So I, if Brian comes after me, it's going to be a little bit different, right? Or if I got an issue with Brian, I'll probably let things slide here and there and there and finally be like, yo, come here, man. We got to talk, okay? But things are much more complex with people that you love, people that you're around all the time. They are much more apt to hurt you. You're more, much more apt to hurt them. And so... Jacob wants to put some space between him and uh, his brother. Here's the other thing. Here's a real practical reason. Jacob didn't want to die. And so he put those people between uh, himself and Esau because if Esau lost his mind and still wanted to kill him, they would bear the consequence of that before he did, okay? So basically what he's doing is he's... All of his servants know what the deal is, okay? Okay? He takes his loyal servants and basically hangs them out to dry because he doesn't want to deal with the consequences of his own actions. So he leaves them out there to dry. He's not being a very good friend. He's not being a very good boss. This is what happens. You leave your friends out to dry. You let them take the fall for something that you did. Does This has not happen to us on the streets all the time. You know one of the quickest ways to find out? Whether or not a person's a real friend, watch what happens when you get into a conflict or watch what happens when when some real terrible things might take place and see if they jump ship on you. See if they hang you out to dry. Jacob, I'm sure prior to this, was probably a cool dude to hang out with as far as working for him. Sounded like a pretty fun guy. But now when all the chips are on the line, now he's hanging them out to dry. This is called being a fair-weather friend. Some of you are fair-weather friends, man. Everything is going good. You're fine. Now there's a little bit of danger, a little bit of conflict, a little bit of controversy. Now you want to jump ship. Now you're going to leave that friend to deal with life by themselves. So this is what Jacob does. Notice how he instructs his servants to speak to his brother. He said, your servant Jacob he's like look man I am no longer your brother I'm your servant I understand that you hate me I understand that I I betrayed you I get it so you're never going to want to see me again as a brother so I'm coming to you as a servant you know what the Hebrew word for servant is in that passage Slave. slave very good you're paying attention he's like man I'm your slave man I am no longer part of the family. I understand that you're going to disown me, but look what he does. He says it before Esau says it. Very, very subtle. Think about that. He initiates the conversation by saying, I am just a servant. I'm not your brother. Why? Jacob does not want to hear the rejection from his brother, so he starts it first. Do we do that? You know that person's going to reject you, so you immediately start talking bad about yourself. I see this all the time in group dynamics. Oh, I'm just a terrible... Because you think people are going to judge you, so you want to say that you're horrible and you're terrible and you're this and you're that because you don't want to face the rejection of other people. You'd rather reject yourself than hear other people reject you. So Jacob would rather hear from himself that he's no longer brother's with his brother than hear his own brother say, you're not my brother. This tells us that Jacob is a very insecure dude who still loves his brother. Let me explain something to you in family conflicts. It doesn't matter what that other person in your family says. Generally speaking, they still love you. You got a conflict with your brother. You're dead to me. All this craziness that we say to one another. They still love you. uh, You know, as I was in high school, me and my brother, that's right, Chloe. Me and my brother, uh, (laughs) me and my brother, we got in this giant fight. Like, we put fists up. We got in this giant fight. Imagine that. Somebody got in a fight with me. And for the whole entire school year, I instructed my friends not to talk to my brother. They don't talk to that guy. And he'd say goodbye to me. I wouldn't say a word to him. And he said, okay, man, that's the way you want to play it? I said, yeah, man, that's the way we're playing it. And he said, all right. And we didn't talk to each other for six months, right? The entire time, I was so tore up inside. I was like, ah, it's my brother. My mom would say, you know, you guys aren't going to live together forever. Your brother's about 17 years old. You guys are going to keep doing this. this." I said, be quiet. I didn't say that to my mom. I never said that to my mom. But anyway, I didn't listen to her. But I loved my brother, man. He loved me. Well, my birthday came around. We still weren't talking. He got me these new Nikes. And I was like, well, he got me some Nikes. Ah, oh, you're not that bad of a guy. And we're still talking to this day. So the moral of the story is, I don't know where I was going with that. The moral of the story is if you have a problem, no, no, no. The moral of the story is, is that your, your family members still love you deep down inside, generally speaking. They still do. And I suspect that those people that you have these deep conflicts with where you've said things that you regret saying, if you go back to that person and say, I didn't really mean that, man, you'll be surprised at the reaction that you get. Well, Jacob has no confidence like that in his brother, and he goes to his brother and says, look, man, I'm your slave. Verse 19, he likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. So he's got this whole train car full of gifts. And he is saying everybody needs to say the same thing. So so Esau would be up there receiving all these presents, receiving all these bribes, and hearing over and over again, your servant Jacob. Now, why would your servant Jacob be important for Esau to hear? When their mother was pregnant, because Esau and Jacob are twins, when their mother was pregnant, a prophet told her what? The older shall be the servant of the younger. Right? So when Jacob steals the blessing, that is also what Isaac said. Isaac said, your mother's sons will serve you. So even the father said, yes, Esau is going to be the servant of Jacob. That's what God had determined. So when Jacob shows up and says, I am your servant, what he's saying is, man, all that stuff is wrong. You're the firstborn. I'm going to serve you. God was wrong. Mom was wrong. Dad was wrong. Everybody's wrong. You're right. Okay. You wanted the, the, the birthright from the beginning. You wanted the blessing from the beginning, man. You're right. What's Jacob doing? He's compromising the word of God so that he can have
1: peace with his brother. Now, you got family members, you got close friends. This doesn't happen, does it? Where you got to make decisions
0: because this is what God is telling you. you got a call of God on your life. Your family members aren't necessarily going to like it. And you compromise who God has called you to be so that you can make them happy with you. If you have not done that, Trust me, in the near future, that's going to happen. If you're truly walking with God, these types of things will happen. Didn't Jesus say that I'm going to come and cause conflicts in family? He said that. Jesus actually said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword of division in households. People go, no, Jesus brought everybody. Look, Chloe's confused. Jesus brought everybody together. Okay. Don't be mad at me forgive me, I'm your servant. (laughs) Jesus caused conflicts with everybody, okay? If you were in the first century, you had fathers disowning sons because of the mission that Jesus called them to. You know, we've got people here. They get saved, they're excited, and they post with a good heart and good intentions. Man, I love you. Let's follow Jesus together. And then the whole internet blows up on them. How dare you say that? How dare you, judges? Who are you? I've seen people lose family because of this stuff. So Jacob doesn't want to go there. He goes, look, I know what God called me to. I know what God called you to. But let's just forget about all that. I'll be your servant. It's all good. He's compromising who God has called him to be so that he can have peace. By the way, if you're on the other side of that, somebody in your life who you care about, God is calling them to a specific type of mission, you don't like it, be careful. Don't be a source of discouragement. You know, I was hearing a story one time about this pastor and he was encouraging people to go to missions in very dangerous places. And the the kid said, you know what? I feel like God's calling me to one of these horrible places where they chop people's heads off. And the parents were like, you can't do this. You can't go there. This is not safe. This is not the life that we planned for you. And the kid goes, Dad, I understand. I get it. But I really feel like God's calling me to go over there.
1: You know what the dad did? The dad went to the pastor and says, listen, something happens to my kid, I'm going to kill you. Why? Because." This is what Jesus does. Sometimes
0: he brings division into households. He will call you to a certain mission and sometimes the people closest to you will not understand it. They will not
1: like it. Jacob's decision is to compromise and say, none of that stuff is true. Now notice, for he
0: thought, we're still in verse 20, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. The word appease him in the Hebrew is actually a little bit more uh, graphic. Actually, in the Hebrew, this is what it says. I will atone for his face. I will atone for his face. You go, what does that mean? Here's what it means. I did something to you. Okay? I wronged you. I was completely and totally wrong. Right? And what happens to your face when you're wronged? You are displeased. You are upset. You're angry. Your face is communicating things that words cannot. Isn't that true? Can't you walk into a room and decrease the temperature by 20 degrees just by your face? Just by how you look. You're in the hood. We used to have the saying, fix your face. That means stop looking at me like that or there's going to be a conflict. Really what that means is I'm insecure and I don't want you to like me. And because I don't want you to like me, we're going to end up fighting because I'm insecure. But we're not going to say that. We're going to say fix your face. So your face communicates things that are incommunicatable with words. That's why in the scripture it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord what? Cause his face to shine upon you. Now, some
1: of you, close your eyes and think to yourself, what is God's face when he hears your name? See? Many of us, it's a look of disappointment. Many of us, it's a look of disgust. Many of you, it's a look of anger. Jacob is walking up, and he is
0: thinking to himself, man, I did something bad to my brother, and all he can see is Esau's face. You know why? Because probably the last thing he saw of his brother in his face was, I'm going to kill you.
1: Some of you, that's how you think God is looking at you, that God has a death stare on you.
0: That's how you feel. You constantly wake up with this impression that God is constantly angry at you and his face is set in anger at you.
1: What does atone mean? Atone means, basically, in the simplest way, is to right a wrong.
0: So what Jacob is saying is, I want to atone for his face. What it means is, I want to make atonement so that his face can change toward me. I want my brother, my twin brother. Think about it. This is twin brother. They shared the same womb together. You know, there's a big thing about how twins have this crazy special bond. I don't want my twin brother to hate my guts. And I want him to look at me like I'm his twin brother again. I want to do something that will atone, that will make things right,
1: so then I'll get his face back. afterward I shall see his face. You see? If I
0: atone for his face, then afterward I shall see his face. Meaning, I don't want to look at you, Esau, if you're mad at me. That's the reason some of you won't pray, right? You don't want to go in God's presence and look him in the face when he's mad at you. So Jacob is saying, man, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to atone. Esau's face is going to change. And then
1: when Esau's face changes, then I can look at him in the face. Man, there's so much gospel in here, isn't there? There's a ton of gospel in here. And look, perhaps he will accept me. Maybe. You know what the Hebrew literally says there for accept me? Perhaps he will lift my face. Jacob says, I will atone for his face, then.
0: I will see his face. Perhaps he will lift my face. What he's saying is, because you'll see this later in the text, when Jacob approaches Esau, he comes bowing to Esau. And the picture is Jacob is saying, man, I hope my brother takes my face in his hands and lifts me up and says, brother, you're back with a good face. This is what Jacob truly and really wants from his brother. Man, I'm sending you all this stuff, man. I hope I can buy this back from you, which means that the moment that that Jacob ran from his brother, he missed his brother. He loved his brother. He does not say, perhaps Esau will spare my life, although I'm sure that that was very important to him.
1: That's not what he says. What he wants is a restoration of the relationship. So there he is. One quick thing. If you, you know, look, I don't have a
0: problem talking about hell, okay? If you don't, Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else. He talked about a lake of fire. He talked about outer darkness. He talked about torturers. Yes, Jesus used that word to describe hell. But let me just say one quick thing. If your understanding of the afterlife is, man, I don't want to go to hell, you're missing it. It's not just, I don't want to go to hell. It's, I want God to take my face into his
1: hands and lift up my face and look at me positively. And is there an atonement for God's face? That's the question. Is there a way that I can
0: come to God, like, kneeling and be like, I don't know where we are. Perhaps we're going to be okay. Is there a way I can get to God and, like, he would lift me up? That's the question. So, yes, hell is bad and to be avoided, very inconvenient to spend an eternity in hell. I agree. But that's not the ultimate point. That is not the ultimate point. Now, perhaps he will lift my face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night
1: in the camp. So he sends all those guys ahead of him with his atonement, and he stays back in the camp. Verse 22, the
0: same night he arose and took his two wives, remember he's got Rachel and Leah, his female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had, and Jacob was
1: left alone. Jacob's like, man, I'm going to meet my brother tomorrow. I need some alone time. Watch this. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now
0: think this through. You're scared to death of your brother, okay? It's dark. And then some dude randomly goes after you and starts wrestling with you. What are you thinking if you're Jacob? Who's wrestling with me? Esau. He found me. Now he's wrestling with me. I'm a goner. Now Jacob is what? Fighting for his life. Who is wrestling with Jacob though? All it says right now is some random dude, a man. That's what it says. <clears throat> when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, this is, very, this is a contradiction. I don't know if you've seen it. Think about this. He's wrestling with him, and he can't prevail against him, and all he does is touch the hip socket, and the guy's hip is
1: dislocated. Hmm, who is this dude wrestling with? You know, me and Brian have kind of, you know, we've had
0: our jujitsu epic matches. I'm not going to say who's got a perfect record. You can talk to Brian about that. We're pretty evenly matched. Brian's as strong as an ox. I didn't say anything. (laughs) We're melting down here. Look. Both of us are pretty evenly matched. Now, imagine if I'm wrestling Brian, and all he has to do is, boop, touch my hip socket, and my hip's dislocated. You'd say, that's a strong dude, right? So this person who's wrestling with Jacob is losing, and when he sees that he's losing, all he does is tap, and the guy's hip is dislocated. What does this tell you? You know what this is? This is not a wrestling match of two evenly matched people. You know what this is? This is a wrestling match like me and my youngest son, right? Where I'm on the ground with him, and he's putting out all his effort, and I'm pushing him to his limits. And then when he really thinks he's getting somewhere, I just kind (laughs) of... Jacob is wrestling with someone who is supernaturally stronger than him. And the question is, who is he wrestling with? That's the question. Hmm. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. There's something about daybreak where this guy says, look, man, sun's coming up. You're going to want to let me go. Believe me. Look how Jacob responds. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, this is Jacob, the guy who's a coward, the guy who's afraid of conflict, the guy who runs from everything, and finally, he's had it up to here, and he's like, yo, I'm not running anymore. You want to fight? We're going to fight. And no, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me.
1: Now, in the ancient Near East, the, the, the greater person blessed the lesser person, okay? The greater
0: person blessed the lesser person. In other words, if you ran into uh, Obama, who is currently your president, so that makes him greater than you, don't comment. If you ran into the president in the ancient Near East, you would ask him to bless you. Why? Because he's greater than you. He's the president, right? The president wouldn't ask you to bless him. So when Jacob is asking, hey, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, what he's saying is, I know that you're greater than me, man. You must be. There's something about you that's different from everything else. You got to bless me. I'm about to run into this horrible conflict with my brother. I need a blessing. Here's the other thing. The last time he asked for a blessing was where? With his dad, Isaac. And his dad, Isaac, blessed him as his brother, not as him. And so that wound stayed with him. He said, I need a blessing. Bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? Why is that significant? Isn't that exactly what happened when he was with his dad and his dad said, Who are you? And he kept saying, I'm Esau. Over and over again, I'm Esau. I swear to God, dad, it's me, Esau. The entire time he was lying about his identity. And finally, this guy looks at him and says, You want a blessing? You really want a blessing? Who are you? What is your name? See, in that time, they didn't name their kids Justin or whatever. They had very purposeful reasons for why they named their kids. So this guy is asking him, what's your name? And Jacob's name means what? Liar, deceiver, cheater. That is not somebody worthy of a blessing, is it? So now, remember what we said. God is always going to force the issue, and he's always going to challenge you to finally face your conflicts, and face who?
1: Yourself. What is your name really means who are you? At the core of your being, who are you? No, no,
0: no, no, I'm not talking about the, the, the you that everybody sees or the Facebook you. The, the, you know, you're all made up and you're all in your nice pose and all the rest of it, you know, good and well. Six days out of seven, you don't look like that, but you're going to put... Your best face forward on Facebook. That's not you. See? Or the church, you. You got some religious people in here. Oh, it's Friday. I was just talking to one of my friends. <clears throat> Here's a confession. I was talking to one of my friends. He said, How are you doing? I said, Not really that good. But you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, man, it's game on. I got a showtime. <laughs> Everybody has it. Who are you? This guy is wrestling with. Jacob, and he's saying, are you finally going to admit who and what you actually are? This is
1: a moment of truth for Jacob. Who are you? Notice what Jacob says. And he said, Jacob. One word answer. He goes, look, man, I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm a deceiver. Not somebody that you really should bless. probably thinking about Isaac, probably thinking, man, wish I'd have been able to say this to my dad. This dude's been running from himself. When he was
0: running from his brother, when he was running from Laban, when he's trying to hide from this conflict, the entire time he was truly and really running from himself.
1: You got a trillion things about yourself that you don't want to face. He says, I am Jacob. Then he said, Look what the man says to him.
0: You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Israel means a lot of things. One of them is he wrestles with God or God wrestler. He immediately renames him. This guy immediately renames him. He goes, You're not cheater. You're not coward, you're not liar, you're a God wrestler. Think about that, what that would have done to the mind of Jacob. His whole life, he's been a coward. He's been afraid of men, right? And God says, afraid of men? You wrestle with God. You see how God, who's lifting whose face right now?
1: This random guy who we don't know who he is, is blessing Jacob beyond belief in this moment. Notice, it doesn't say that the person blessed him. All it says is he renamed him. First thing he says to
0: him is, your name shall be Israel. Okay? That was the blessing. The blessing was to be renamed because to be renamed is to be re-identified. You got a completely new identity, man. You're not a liar. You're not a cheater. You're not going to be that person anymore. You're going to be the dude who struggles with God, wrestles with God. That's who you are now. You're no longer that guy. See, here's a crazy thing about Christianity. On the one hand, Christianity says everybody is a horrible, terrible sinner. Everybody in here is named Jacob. That's what Christianity says. So we have the only religion where you have to come out and say how horrible you are. You know, we do communion every week. You know what I'm saying when I eat that bread and drink that wine? Is that I am so terrible that my sin put Jesus on the cross. That's what I'm saying. This is the only religion where you say, I am terrible. But the minute that you confess your sin truly to God, immediately he says, you're not that guy anymore. You're not that guy anymore. This is an insane, crazy thing we're caught up in in Christianity, and it's also something none of us could have invented because that news is too good to be true, almost. So God shows up to Jacob. Yeah, I just let the cat out of the bag. Jacob's wrestling with God. God shows up to Jacob, and he says, who are you? Jacob says, I'm a liar. He's got his head down, not somebody you should bless, and God says, nah, man, I'm going to bless you forever, Because now when people call your name, you're going to remember this moment. And by the way, that hip socket thing is a gift, isn't it? Because he's going to be limping for the rest of his life.
1: Every step that he takes, he's going to remember that moment. See, God left him tokens. Never forget this moment, ever. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name.
0: But the man said, why do you ask my name? See, this is, a, this is an interplay. What do you mean, why do you ask me your name? I want to know who you are. You're like this super, superhuman dude. You touch my hip socket. You rename me this incredible blessing, and I'm not supposed to know who you are? I want to know who you are. You think Jacob had a suspicion? Probably.
1: The man says to him, I'm not going to tell you my name, man. Don't worry about it. Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. You get the name, and you get the blessing. See?
0: And what God is saying to Jacob is, Jacob, I can bless you as you. Me. I can bless you as yourself. You don't need to pretend to be anybody else. You can tell me exactly how horrible you are, and I am not going to make you jump through a trillion hoops like the hoops that you just tried to jump through with your brother. You see that? See the difference? Now, see, human beings are like this. You do something bad to human beings, they got a whole string of hoops that they're going to make you jump through to to get forgiveness. Isn't that true? The only hoop that God wanted Jacob to jump through was just be honest with me, man. That's it.
1: Just be honest. Some of us cannot be honest You can't even be honest in your prayer. You can't even honestly pray. You got
0: to wrestle with God. Now, some of you have conflicts with family members and other people, and you need to engage those conflicts, absolutely. But some of you just need to stand back a little bit, get by yourself, and wrestle with God before you go and deal with human beings. You know why? Because when God names you and when God blesses you, nobody can do anything to you after that. What can anybody do do to you after you hear God say this to you? You know that you're blessed by God. You know that you're named by God. What can anyone
1: do or say to you to take away your dignity, your honor, your peace, There he blessed them. Verse 30, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel,
0: saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Jacob says, Man, God came down from heaven and
1: wrestled with me, and I've been delivered. I've been saved. God spared my life. See, here's the thing. When you wrestle with
0: God, and you're honest with God, and you're in your back and forth with God, he's not going to zap you. He's not going to evaporate you. And notice, it says, I've seen God, what? Face to face. Wasn't that the big thing he was worried about with Esau? He wanted to atone for Esau's face. He wanted to see Esau's face, and he wanted Esau to lift him up. And God says, I'm going to get so close to you, man, that we're going to be wrestling. And you're going to see me face to face.
1: And I'm going to lift you up by blessing you and naming you. (laughs) Some of you, look, here's the reality of living in a fallen world. You got family members
0: who, yes, they truly do love you,
1: but some of them are never, ever, 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 ever going to give you what you need from them. That's a fact. Okay? You know, I got family members who it's literally impossible for me to see their face. They're gone. Okay? Okay? I thought you said that, you know, everybody loves everybody. They do. They do.
0: I'm not saying they don't love you. What I'm saying is some of them, for their own issues, their
1: own insecurities, their own problems, they're never going to be able to lift up your face and bless you. But, But the message of this wrestling match in the cave is that There's a God who's
0: willing to wrestle with you. There's a God who's willing to roll around with you in your dirt and your junk. You can't wrestle around all night and not get dirty. This is telling us about a God who's willing to get dirty with us. And there is a God who will look you right in the face as you confess to him your inadequacy and your unworthiness and your filth and all those things that you hope go to your grave without anybody else knowing. If you're honest with him,
1: you'll see his face and it won't be stern. It won't be stern. His face will shine upon you. That's
0: the message of that prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn to you and give you peace. He'll give you peace. You'll see his face and he'll put his hands on your head. And you're on the ground and you're beaten down by life and all your sin and all your junk.
1: And you close your eyes again, and he'll pick you up. And he'll kiss you, and you'll say, you're mine. What did David say? You have become my glory. You're the lifter of my head. God will lift your face up in the gospel. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip.
0: Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Here's here's the thing. This is one of the things that I really want us to understand. Jacob, in his own mind, he has this conflict with his brother. This is a very personal, singular thing. This is me and my brother. Okay? Okay? But did you notice, it says, for this reason, the people of Israel, Moses is writing this, to a nation of about a million and five people, okay? One million and five hundred thousand is the estimate, okay? This incident in his life spread toward a whole nation of Israel and gave them all a national identity. Don't you understand? The things that you are going through, the limps that you walk through life with, you go, oh man, poor Jacob, he's injured. Why would God injure him for the rest of his life? Oh, because we, we keep getting told that God wants your life to just be perfect and happy and clappy and
1: unicorns and gumballs and blah. It was his limp, which is painful. His limp that
0: reminded them of the conflict in the cave where he got this crazy new name and where God lifted his head. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that worth it that he remembers that night and that an entire nation of people for generations to now in
1: 2016 where that night gets remembered? Is that worth it? Think about your life. Life isn't about you, man. Life isn't about you, sister. And there's nations that are coming.
0: There's generations of people that are coming. What are you going to pass to them?
1: You're going to waste all your limps in self-pity? Look, I understand horrible things have happened to you. But what are you going to do with those limps, man? Jacob passed on those limps to his family. You know when he got
0: back home? Rachel said, Jacob, why are you limping? Jacob says, Name's not Jacob anymore.
1: Okay, very strange. <clears throat> What's your name? Israel. Okay. Leah says, Well,
0: what does Israel mean? Israel means that I wrestle with God. And they're looking at each other like, you didn't wrestle with God. You're scared of your brother. I wrestle with God. And I got the limp to prove it.
1: What did Paul say? <laughs> I boast in my what? Uh, you know, I don't have a limp, but I'll tell you what. If 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 I could trade my two
0: good working legs for Jacob's limp, I would do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? See God face to face, wrestle with Him all night, wouldn't you? You know what God wants to do with your limps, your troubles, your suffering? He wants you to be so in love with God that people become jealous of your limp. See, my kids are like, this is crazy. They're the only ones that get it. That's crazy. Yeah, all the suffering, the things that you hate about yourself, the weakness that you despise in yourself, you could be so in love with
1: God and your experience with God could be so real that people end up being jealous that they don't limp like that. And you can sit down in your campfire or whatever that Jacob was doing
0: and you you just tell that story, man. You just tell that story. You know those people didn't have
1: full Bibles? You know what they had? They had conversations around a campfire. Hey, Grandpa Jacob, tell us again why you're limping. Tell us again why we don't eat, why we eat this way. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. First of all, my name's not Grandpa Jacob. All right. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for all my friends. Thank you for the gospel. Jesus, thank
0: you that you didn't just limp to the cross. Jesus, you were beaten beyond recognition, on your way to the cross, God, and
1: you died for us, Jesus. Jesus, you wrestled and you bore the wrath of God for us. God, you, you put aside your identity as a son of God for us so that we could then have the identity as the sons
0: of daughters of God. God, I pray that we would rejoice over our limpings. God, I pray that we would pass our limpings down to the next generation. God, I pray we would walk in the newness of life, and the newness of our name. God, and I pray that you would bless my friends, keep my friends, cause your face to shine upon my friends, turn toward them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Cell 53, Proclaiming the Kingdom of God
1: for the Sake of the City. For more resources, visit cell53.com.